You're listening to an all-new episode of Self-Made Strategies. Visit selfmadestrategies.com for new episodes, information about our guests, and a whole lot more. On this week's episode, we sat down with Jacqueline DiGregorio to bring you information about how you can make an impact in your own life to live the life of your dreams. Jacqueline started out when she was 21 years old and was sitting in a corporate internship and decided that this was not what she really wanted out of life. So she took her life into her own hands. And you'll hear in this episode, Jacqueline talk about the practical ways that you can change your life and manifest what you want out of your own life. You'll hear Jacqueline and I talking about how Jacqueline threw out so much spaghetti into the universe that something had to stick. You'll also hear Jacqueline share her morning rituals to achieve short-term and long-term goals. You'll also hear about why you should write down all of your dreams, beliefs, and goals so that you can bring them into fruition. Jacqueline believes that prioritizing feeling good can bring a lot of good things into your life. We're also going to talk about how everything is an energetic exchange and how you can create anything you want in your own life. Then at the end of the episode, Jacqueline and I are going to talk about why starting a business for her was harder than it seems, some of the failures and redirections that she had to deal with along the way, but why ultimately at the end of the day, all of those challenges were really just strengthening her to reach her summit. As always, you can check this episode out on YouTube or on your favorite podcast listening app. Make sure you hit subscribe and leave us a review. Thanks again for listening. Here are the self-made strategies of Jacqueline DiGregorio. When you were a 21-year-old college student, you sat in a corporate internship questioning what you really wanted out of life, wondering, is this it? Is this the best it's ever going to get? And you knew that there had to be more out there for you with no experience, no savings. You took a leap. You took a leap of faith. You started your own business, and now four years later, you're running a thriving six-figure company. You've coached dozens of women, written two best-selling books, and you've spoken on over 125 stages at colleges, conferences, and corporations across the U.S. You're living your dream life at 25 years old, and here's the cool part. You're no different from anyone else who's listening to this, and you believe that we all have the potential inside of us to create the lives that we absolutely love, which I'm so excited to talk to you about. Um, Unfortunately, our brains like to make up lies about why this might be possible for someone else, but not for us. The good news is that those things are simply not true. You deserve to live a beautiful, joy-filled, abundant, fulfilling life where you say yes to the things that light you up inside, no matter how scary they may be. You are deeply grateful you're here and um, and you can't wait to support others on this journey of creating the life that they truly desire. Pretty much. I mean, it's I perfectly it. written. <laughs> wait, when you read it back, I'm like, wow, I sound a lot better than I am in real life. And then I'm like, that means that it's a good, uh, good copy, good bio. I love that. Yeah. Well written. No, no, um, no imposter syndrome here. So leave that, leave that at the door. Shut that off while you're listening to this episode. So Jacqueline DiGregorio, so excited to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Really, really cool of you. You're joining us remotely, even though we're super close to each other technically because you're in the Philly area as well. Um, but yeah, so let's start with that. So you're 21. You're a college student at that time. You're doing this corporate internship. You don't have to share who with, of course. And you just decided, 
this is not the right fit. So take us back to that place where you were. How did that all come to be? What were the emotions that were, you know, flowing through your mind and what got you to just say, screw this, I'm not doing this? Yeah. So it's interesting because I actually, I enjoyed what I was doing. I liked the people I was working with. I liked the environment, but it was almost like there was something missing. And I kept leaning into that. Like, what is missing? Why don't I feel truly happy? Why don't I feel deeply fulfilled? And am I ever going to find it not only here, but in, in any corporate setting? And I remember very vividly, I was driving home one day from the internship. I'm in my parents' car because I don't even own a car. Um, and I'm driving home and I'm thinking like, this, it can't be. Like, I don't think it will ever be found. I think that that piece, I don't know how to put a name on it. I guess it's purpose, it's fulfillment, it's the spark inside of you. It just wasn't there. And I think that a lot of people get stuck here because they feel intimidated and they don't know where to begin. And so I like to share that I had really small goals at the time. I thought to myself, okay, well, how could I feel that spark? And obviously I didn't know all the answers, but I thought maybe I could feel the spark if I was working for myself, if I had my own business, because I would be working towards my own goals. And when I achieved my own goals, rather than this large company's goals, I think that could be the spark. And so that was kind of my first spark that I chased. And I remember thinking, okay, if I graduate, if I get a job at this company in entry-level marketing, Philadelphia area, I would probably get paid 40K a year. So I asked myself, do I think I could make 40K a year in a business? And it sounded really easy. And so I'm like, yeah, I can definitely do that. It was definitely more challenging than I thought it would be, <laughs> but that was the first goal. And then from there, as I went about the journey, the goals expanded, the spark got bigger. I desired more impact. I desired to help more people. I desired to make more money. I desired to do even more filling work. And I just kept expanding in all areas, but it started with that one kind of whisper and that one thought where I took the first action step to say, Hey, I'm starting this business. I'm doing this thing. That's awesome. So this is going to be a really exciting episode for me because I've been wanting to do one on this topic because it's so mushy and it's hard to find the right people to talk to about it because I think that there are a multitude of different things that we could talk about, first of all, right? Because the sky's the limit here, or the universe is the limit if you really want to get mystical. Um, there are so many really cool books about this kind of stuff. Obviously, people know about the secret. And I personally am not a huge fan of that. I like something a little bit more practical and a little less, um, you know, just put it on a vision board and it's going to happen. I don't, at least myself, don't really believe that that's the case. I think there's a huge missing element there. Do you feel that way or, or are you more the, if you, you know, think it, it's just going to happen on its own kind of thing. Walk us through your process, your personal process for this. Yeah. So, I mean, I am a big believer in law of attraction, like attract likes, what you put out, you get back. And I'm also a big believer in massive action. And I actually think the two pair beautifully together. So it's this interesting sort of picture, a circle um, with two arrows connecting and they have like arrows on both sides 
So one feeds the other. And then above the arrows on one side is the word belief. And on the other side is the word action. So I find that your belief fuels action and your action fuels belief. And it's this most beautiful harmony in the whole world. And I think those two things are what creates so much of our success. So what I mean by this, I'll give an example. So in my business, if I am lacking self-belief, if I set a goal and I'm like, I really want to, let's say, land a speaking gig, right? And I feel like, man, I don't know. I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if anyone wants to hire me and I'm questioning myself and I have all this imposter syndrome and I take massive action. I say, you know what? This week I'm going to apply to 50 speaking gigs and I do all the applications. By the end of the week, my belief has gone from a zero to a 10. I'm like, you know what? It's impossible for one of these 50 gigs not to hire me. Like I've put out so much spaghetti, something has to stick. And now that my belief is raised, I actually believe that it's the belief itself that often attracts the opportunity. So I have many stories of, I did the 50 speaking engagement applications and I actually got denied all of them. But instead, some random person found me on LinkedIn, said, Jacqueline, I love what you're doing. We're having a conference that's focused on exactly what you speak about. We would love to have you as our keynote. And so it's really funny because I feel that without that action, I probably wouldn't have that belief and that opportunity wouldn't have come to me. So that's one way that action can create belief. And then the opposite also happens. So I do a lot of work on my self-belief. I do a morning routine every single morning where I really get into alignment on believing that it's possible to achieve my short-term goals. I think this is where people struggle. It's really easy to see like in 10 years, I could be in this place, but to think that this month I can achieve this big, scary goal I set. If you are pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, that's hard for people or even worse today. So if like, if it's a business and if it's a financial goal, you might be like, well, by the end of the month, I could make X dollars, but could I do it today? That feels often really intimidating. Could I sign a new client today? Could I land a speaking gig today? Right. Especially if you have no evidence in your life that those things are coming to fruition, especially when you first start on a new project on a new business, right? So I work on my belief. I write down a brainstorm of all the possible ways I could make X dollars or all the possible ways that a speaking engagement or a new client or um, people could find me and buy my courses and, oh, they could find me on Google. They could hear me on a podcast interview. They could hear about me from a client who recommends me. They, My mom could meet someone at her work and tell them about me. Like literally anything can happen and the possibilities are limitless. And I write down as many as I can, pages and pages in my journal to open my mind and expand my brain of what opportunities are out there. And with that belief, I take action because with that belief, I'm like, wow, I can actually do this because when I lack belief, there's no point in taking the action. It's going to waste my time, right? Why would I take it if I know I can't achieve the goal? So I'm a big advocate for both. I'm a big advocate for really taking care of, I call it your belief. Your vibration is really the way you feel. So I, I often talk about prioritizing feeling good. And, um, you know, how can you feel good today? And how, whenever I feel good, good things happen to me, miracles come into my life. And I think that's really important. And I think sometimes in this culture of building businesses and chasing big dreams, there's this mentality of like the ends will justify the means. I don't believe that. I believe that we can feel good now. And of course, sometimes there are challenges that's inevitable. Those are the lessons we need. Those are serving us, right? We're going to fail. We're going to have hard days. We're going to doubt ourselves, all those things. 
And through that process, we can also feel good and appreciate the journey and be happy now. And that's something that I've done a lot of inner work on. So all of that to say, I do believe in law of attraction and I also believe in taking massive action. I think they actually play together really beautifully. That's awesome. Sorry, I'm just trying to catch up because I'm taking so many notes. I mean, those who are watching on uh, on YouTube can see that I'm jotting down like a maniac while Jacqueline's talking because this is all really great stuff. First of all, I love the analogy. I'll take them one by one. That's why I was taking notes. Um, I love the analogy of throwing so much spaghetti into the universe that something's got to stick. Great analogy, first of all. But also, I being the guy that I am, and I had a friend tell me not not too long ago, a few months ago, a friend said, yeah, having a lot of irons in the fire is your thing. And I kind of left, but then it kind of got me to thinking, yeah, that is my thing. Like I see opportunities and kind of say, yeah, let's go play in that space for a little bit and see what happens. And hey, some people get annoyed, but if you listen to all the haters, you're never going to go anywhere in your life. It's just not going to happen. And I think that one of the things that societally, especially in the Western world, in the US and sort of in the in the first world even, one of the terrible things that we do to kids when they're growing up is to stifle that creativity and imagination and curiosity to do things that are challenging, that are scary, that we air quotes don't belong in. And I think about this a lot. We were just talking before we turned the mics on about, you know, this is being recorded right after Valentine's Day. And we were talking about what we did. And I cooked dinner along with my wife and those who follow me, my personal account on Instagram will see that it's mostly just smoked meats. I have a big green egg. I smoke lots of meats all the time. That's my thing. And I, I thought about this the other day. And, you know, I put a ton of research and prep and thought into each meal that I do. And it's not unlike, you know, playing in a different space, like podcasting, like media production, like teaching, which I'm doing at Temple, like, you know, whatever that maybe most traditional attorneys don't do. And that stuff has made me so much happier in my regular business life. I say regular in air quotes because it's all kind of part of the package, right? But in my law practice, it's made that, those experiences that much better. And I'm probably a lot better in terms of being an advocate and in terms of client service because of the fact that I do other things in my mind that get me to kind of shut things off. But anyways, amazing analogy with the throwing the spaghetti. I thought that was really, really cool. I highly recommend that also as a believer in sort of the same uh, abstract concept. But your morning rituals, I want to drill down on that a little bit more. So what are your practical? I know you talked about writing down all the possible ways that your dreams can come into fruition, which, by the way, I think is awesome. I think that there's something in actually literally like with a pen and paper to the millennials and Gen Zers that are listening with a pen and paper, just sitting down in silence or with some music on like, that's fine, but shut the TV off, shut the Netflix off and just take five or 10 minutes and literally in like a journal or, um, mind map, whatever works for you. And no one ever has to see this. It's your personal stuff. Just do whatever, you know, flows, do whatever feels right. Just write down whatever comes to mind. And I, I do, I believe, and I think you do as well from what I gathered that that leads to some form of an energetic 
like now you've put it down on paper and there's some energy to that. And I don't know what mystically what what you know you want to call it, but something happens. There's some kinetic activity that happens from that. So aside from the writing down, and first of all, do you believe that? But aside from the writing down, what else do you do in your morning rituals? Yeah. So I believe literally everything is energy. Even this conversation is like an energetic exchange we're having right. here. Like you can feel the energy, even though we're not physically in person. Yeah. So yes, there's definitely energy and uh, it's just physics and, you know, the way our universe works and everything is energy, even like uh, this desk, it just, it looks solid, but it's actually just a bunch of yep. frequency. No, that's true. So yeah. uh, I think that there's a lot of power in um, playing with energy. And I think writing it down is one great way. So yes, I have uh, morning rituals. I want to preface this and say, I've been running my business for four and a half years now. And so I, I give myself a significant chunk of time, multiple hours to do my morning routine. I know sometimes people are listening and they're like, I have three kids. I work a job and then I'm trying to do this side project and all these things. And I don't have three hours, Jacqueline. So I want to preface this and say, I did morning routines when I would get up at 5 a.m. and I actually would babysit before um, I ran my business that day because I needed money and my business was making no money. So I would take on side gigs here, whatever I could do to get by. And I would do a 15 minute morning routine before then I tried to work for an hour. Then I went to babysitting gig. Then I came back and worked. So I get it. I've been there. And what's powerful about this is by committing to the morning routine, amongst other things, there's obviously not one secret but I believe that it's one of the things that got me to this place where I have the freedom now to do my morning routine for a few hours. So it's an expanded version now, and I'll share with you everything that I do. And my takeaway for you is even if you have five minutes, take five minutes and pick the things that resonate with you the most. Even if they're not things that I do, you might've heard somewhere else. It's really about feeling into what's right for you. I wish I learned that earlier on. I used to like blindly consume content, take courses, whatever this expert said, I would try it. And I left my own intuition and my DNA, the way that my brain works, which is different from every other brain in the whole world, because we're all unique individual human beings, right? And I left that out of it. And it took me a long time to really figure that out. And ironically, when I got into that alignment, I was happier than ever and I made more money than ever. So I encourage you to not just like blindly take what I say, I'm prefacing all this and throughout the whole interview and anyone, what anyone says, really feel into bits and pieces of what feels aligned for you. Yeah. And just a quick interruption. I, I couldn't agree with you more that just do what works for you, right? Part of this is self-discovery. And you touched on this before. There's this sort of Buddhist concept, I think, of you're equally totally okay where you are now. No judgment. This is a no judgment zone and a no judgment kind of activity, but capable of so much better. And that it's that dichotomy between respecting who you are and the journey that you've had to get to where you are in the present moment, but also having that belief that you can do whatever you want. You really can. But I agree with you. There are also going to be easier days and harder days. And you really just have to learn. It's like when you go to the gym, right? Those first few days, you see a lot of muscle growth. You see a lot of, you know, great improvement. And then all of a sudden you hit a plateau and you need to change things up or you just need to keep at it and get through that rough patch and meditation and growth and all these things that we're talking about are all the same, but go ahead. Sorry. You're more. Yeah. So true. And, and one thing I'm going to say before I go into all the rituals too, is pick what you're, it just reminded me of the gym thing and the easy days and hard days, pick your non-negotiables. So like, for example, tomorrow morning, 
I am babysitting my uh, four-year-old nephew. My sister asked me, hey, can you watch him? I have a doctor's appointment for my uh, six-month-old and I can't take him because of COVID and everything. Can you watch him for a few hours? And I said, absolutely. I'm so lucky to be able to do that. So I have to be at her house, um, I don't know, 8.15. And so my morning routine is going to be much shorter than it normally is, but I know what my non-negotiables are, right? I have one non-negotiable. So I'll start there. My non-negotiable and this is a practice, you don't need to buy anything to do this for the record, but I use Rachel Hollis's Start Today journal. And what the journal includes is five things you're grateful for. So you can do this in any journal and 10 dreams you made happen. So this means that they're future goals, but you write them as if they've already happened. I actually write mine in the, in the format of thank you for. So thank you for my $300,000 year. Thank you for my 15 clients. Thank you for my 100 students. Thank you for, and I just go through anything that I'm working towards. And um, it's really powerful because so much of our success comes from our identity. So when we look at kind of the dynamic of identity and what it creates, identity is kind of at the very top or, or the very bottom, depending on which way you look at it, but it's the deepest level. And then from identity comes your beliefs, from your beliefs comes your thoughts, from your thoughts comes your words, from your words comes your actions, from your actions comes your circumstances. So whenever in my life I'm frustrated with the circumstances, I go back to identity. That's why affirmations can be powerful, the I am statements, anything that's on an identity level. So one way to embody an identity is feeling like it's already happened, right? And this used to trip me up. I'll preface this and say it used to trip me up because sometimes you feel so distanced from that reality that it makes you feel even farther from it. And therefore you feel even more lack, even more scarcity, like it's not gonna happen even more. And then it doesn't help you. It actually hurts you more than it helps you. So you need to meet yourself where you are with this practice. And so I believe in setting goals that are, um, Catherine Zinkina calls it the ladder of believability. So you have this big dream, right? Let's say you want to own a million dollar company and that's at the top, right? And then there's like maybe seven steps on the ladder to get there. And step one might just be believing that you could make 50K in this business. And then step two might be believing you can make 200K and then 400K and then 600K and then 800K and then a million, right? And so instead of just skipping to the top where you're gonna, totally lack belief. You're going to self-sabotage because you don't believe it's possible, even though it is possible for the record. But unless you believe it's possible, you're not going to create it, right? So much of our success goes back to that belief that I talked about in the beginning. So it's important to set, you know, those ladder goals every day um, with whatever you're working towards for your year, for your month, um, in any area of your life too. This doesn't just apply if you're a business owner or want to be an entrepreneur. It can apply to fitness goals. It can apply to relationship goals. It, you know, if you've I don't know, never been to the gym and you say that you're going to go to the gym six days a week, you're probably going to doubt yourself, right? But if you say, I think I can commit to two days a week and then you get into that routine and you feel really good about it and you keep climbing your ladder. So writing down goals in some format, I recommend if that resonates with you. If you want to check out the Start Today journal, they sell it at Target. Um, I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I want to be though. I've been, I've been messaging them. Putting saying, it out there in the universe. Your journal for two years. Two years I've been using this every single day, Monday to Friday, typically. Sometimes I do my morning routine on the weekend if I feel inspired, but I like to give myself a break. So that's the first thing I do. Um, the second thing I do is I listen to some sort of audio content, podcast, audiobook. And I feel into what I need. So I think this is really important. Some days <clears throat> I need like motivation, like someone who's going to come on there and yell at me and say like Gary V style, like 
do the hard things, get uncomfortable. And like, I just feel like I'm stuck in my comfort zone. I haven't been challenging myself and I wake up and I know I need that. And other days I just need some like, do what feels good. You are going to attract this into your life. This is just who you are. Believe in yourself. And this is what you get to have. And so some days I listen to that content and I really just feel into what I need. I listen to something while I am making breakfast, making coffee. So this is something that anyone can do. I hope that you eat breakfast in the morning. It's important. I hope that you um, have some sort of time to yourself, whether you drink coffee or tea or some hot water, whatever it is, you know, take some time for you. You can listen to it while you eat listen to it while you're driving on your commute, if you're commuting, depending on COVID. Um, So that's something most people can do non-negotiable. And then the third thing that I do is I read. Um, And so I read full books through. So it's not more of a pick what you need, but when I choose what book I'm going to read next, it's more of like what season I'm in. Um, And I read sometimes for a short amount of time, sometimes for a longer amount of time. It really depends on my schedule when my first call is. I try not to take calls before 10 a.m., but if something's important, obviously I will. Um, So that's really nice. I also have a little bit of time in there. This is kind of an as-needed thing that I go on to, to journal. General, open, free journaling on hard things, limiting beliefs, anything that's holding me back in the journaling section, section of my morning routine, that's when I would do the um, like possibility brainstorm with all those different ideas. I journal not every day. I just journal when I feel like I need it. So I'll do the possibility brainstorm. For example, if I feel like, man, my goal feels so far off, I'll do the possibility brainstorm. Or if I've noticed, I mean, gosh, our brains are crazy. We have all kinds of crazy limiting beliefs. So one thing I journaled on recently, I had this idea that if I've completely sold out my one-on-one coaching, then how would I make that amount of money again next month? So it was like self-sabotaging before I even hit the goal. And so I'm like, wow, this is really limiting. I got to work on this. So I worked through that, you know, and uh, kind of released that resistance through journaling. So um, that's something that I often lean into whenever there's like something that I'm struggling with. Um, Other things I occasionally will add in. Those are the main things. But occasionally I might add in a meditation. Again, I, I don't, you'll hear throughout this podcast, I don't like rules. They feel like I'm in a cage, which is probably why I didn't like corporate. Um, So I have to have my morning routine and my schedule be kind of fluid. So it's like, oh, I might want to meditate today. Or I usually do guided meditations if I meditate. I'm not a big meditate in silence person. Um, I also exercise, but to be honest, in the winter, I haven't been doing that as much because it's really cold. I love to walk and run outside. And I go to yoga, but um, where I live right now in the suburbs of Philadelphia, a lot of yoga studios are closed with COVID. So it's a bit different right now, but I do my best to to fit in exercise as well in the morning because I think it's good to get your body moving. So that's my long, dense morning routine. And like I said, you can do just one thing, five minutes. It doesn't have to be this way, but I hope that this inspires you if you're listening and you're like, I don't have that time because you can create anything you want for your life. I wanted a life. I love personal development. So I wanted a life where I could work on my morning routine and personal development and what was possible for me and get so excited about the life I'm creating for hours every day. I wanted a life where I didn't have to get on a call before 10 a.m. And I created that. And I fully believe while we all have different backgrounds and you may have been dealt difficult cards in the past, you are a powerful creator and you can create anything in your future. And that's what you're in control of. So I hope that if you feel like, wow, I wish I had a morning routine like that, you can create that, right? Anything you want is possible for you. So I want to kind of use this as a reminder for you of what's possible. No, that was great and really insightful. And I think it says a lot about who you are as a person in in a very good way. And you're right that a lot of these things are kind of pick your own adventure, right? 
find what works for you and what also gets you excited because that will ultimately make it easier when inevitably, just like the gym example that we use, just like anything you've ever done in your entire life, there are moments of great excitement and of, you know, uh, novel things happening and everything seems to be clicking in place. And then there are moments where you hit a plateau or you feel like you're just trudging through the mud and that negative voice creeps up in your head. And that happens in anything that you do, anything. So you're right. You got to find the things that really get you excited, the things that seem to click with your spirit and your energy and whoever you are as an individual. But I love a lot of the stuff that you talked about. And listening to the audio content, going back to that, I personally love, we resonate on the same level, you and I, on, on many things almost everything that you've said so far, if not everything, I'm like, yep, 100%. I'm with that. But if the audio content, if you don't like podcasts, try audiobooks. If you don't like audiobooks, try music. It's fine. I mean, it's the same thing. Just like you said, sometimes you need something that's going to pump you up. So maybe you listen to something that's a little bit more up-tempo, pop, rock, whatever, rap, hip-hop, whatever you like. And then sometimes you need something that's just a little bit more calm and zen-like and relaxing, and you've got your go-to for that. And it's totally fine to have different days, and you are going to have different days. Um, A lot of the things that you touched on and that I want to go back to that you mentioned in the very beginning was the difficulty of starting your own business, that it was harder than you originally thought it was going to be like. So talking about that for the people who are listening and maybe thinking about doing a side hustle you know, for whatever reason, whether they're suffering with something COVID related, like a job loss or like an illness or like a family member or something like that, or they just finally decided this is the opportunity. I'll share something with the listeners. I have been bugging myself to learn guitar for many years. There's a guitar behind my background that's been there for about five years that I really have not done much with. I have tried, but haven't done much with. I have small fingers, so hard to play the guitar with. So I decided to start learning the ukulele recently. And um, originally for a couple months, the ukulele sat around. And then finally, I got off my rear and said, you know what, I'm going to pick it up, throw on some YouTube. And week by week, I've been kind of adding in just a half hour or so of strumming along and playing some notes and learning Twinkle Twinkle and Happy Birthday and whatever else. And it's happening. And it's surprising. You will surprise yourself if you just try. You'll be surprised at what you can accomplish. So hats off and could not agree with you more on all that stuff. But let's go back to when you started your business and what the big hurdles and pitfalls that you would warn others about, not in the sense of don't do it, obviously, but in the sense of, yeah, think about this before you dive in. Yeah. I mean, there's so many lessons and I think some of the lessons are redirections. I talk about this a lot. And other lessons are like 101 business, like anything you do in the future, this is something you should know. And so I experience both. And so obviously I won't be able to uh, tell you what your redirections are. So I'll start there and just say, the way I see redirections are maybe you want to start a business or a side hustle, but you don't quite know what. And so you just start, which is what I recommend. Start with whatever idea you have doesn't matter. That's my experience. That was the best thing I did for myself. Just get started, start learning, start failing. 
And the redirections kind of get you to where you're meant to be. It's the way that I see God, universe, whatever you believe in, kind of helping you find your way to that path you're meant to be in. So for me, I launched a product that failed and I launched an app that failed three times. This was my first two and a half years in business, zero dollars. Well, we had made some money, but we spent more than we made. So we lost money. We had a negative profit for the first three calendar years, three tax filings. I'm pretty sure your business is considered a hobby after so many losses. Fortunately, I didn't get to that point, but I was probably pretty close after three years of negative. So those, a lot of those failures for me were redirection. So if you've been here listening to this podcast for, you know, however many minutes so far we've, we've been doing, you can probably understand and resonate with the fact that I'm really good at speaking and coaching and guiding people. And it's something I've always been sort of good at, like a natural gift or talent I was born with. And I think we all have these things. We all have these gifts that were placed inside of us for a reason. We are meant to use them, share them with the world. Everyone has their own unique gifts. And these are mine, but I didn't quite know. And I don't think I would have figured it out unless I went through those experiences. What it took for me specifically was rock bottom, the end of 2018. This is now the third calendar year of, okay, no money. What are we going to do? Living at home with my parents now for almost two years after graduating college, feeling like I wanted to get out in the world, do things, uh, was dating my fiance, who was then my boyfriend. And he was saying, well, we should buy a house. And I'm like, house, I have zero dollars. I don't, I can't even pay for my gas. Like I was just feeling like so frustrated. You know, why is this happening to me? Very much a victim. And I turned to personal development. This is the first time I really seriously got into personal development. And I wish I remembered the book. I, I read so many books that I'm not quite sure what specific book said this question. But in one of the books I was reading, I came across some question that was similar to, what is working in your life right now? And when I first asked myself it, I was like, well, nothing, literally nothing in my business works. Like it has all failed. It's an epic failure. And um, I forced myself to look again, which is something I encourage you to do. Our brains have a funny way of tricking us that things aren't working, that nothing's going right. And this is why I start every single coaching call with my clients, forcing them to come up with a list of things that have gone well in the past week or two weeks or however it's been since we last talked, because they wouldn't do it without that. So that's an intentional practice for you. Fun fact or self-coaching tools um, to really look at what's working and force yourself to find it. So if you think of nothing, just go back and force yourself. So that's what I did. I forced myself to look at what was working. And when I looked back, I realized that one thing that was working so well in my business was speaking. I just didn't call it speaking. I called it marketing. So at the time I was going around to different colleges in the Philadelphia and Washington DC area, um, because that's where I lived and where I went to school. And I would go to sororities and I would share my story of struggling with an eating disorder in college. Cause that's where my business started and focused on wellness. And, um, I would just share it to, you know, get more women uh, behind what I was doing, have them follow me on social media, uh, get on the beta test for our app that we were building that later failed. And I gave like 66 talks all for free. No one paid me, but I went out and gave 66 different speeches, which is a lot in like a three month span. Um, many back-to-back -back, same school, like three speeches in one night type of thing. And I had so much stamina. I was so good at it. Of course I wasn't perfect. So this is important note too. I was an average speaker at the top, but I had some sort of natural gift at it, I would say. Uh, but I said like an um a lot. I stuttered. I didn't know how to formulate a speech. I had to learn when I took it professionally. 
but there was something there. There was something in my energy. We talk about the energy in the beginning. I'd get these messages from women after my talk and it would say things like, Hey, Jacqueline, after hearing your speech, I realized that I hadn't, I have an eating disorder and I'm going to go get help for it. Or I was so inspired that you started a business and I realized that I hate my major. And the only reason I'm pursuing it is because my parents want me to, and I'm going to change my major tomorrow and tell them like these powerful stories. And so when I looked back, all of that flooded to my mind of what's working. I'm great at speaking. I'm great at connecting with people. I'm great at moving people. I should be a motivational speaker. And so that was the transition for me, which got me into what I do now, speaking, coaching, creating courses, things like that, um, all around just life and achieving your goals. And so the summary of this, the takeaway for you is that you may have redirections. It's okay. Trust your path. Don't get so attached to the specifics get attached to the life you want. So I always take my clients through like, what do you want for your life? When they get caught in career, and this applies to you too, even if you're just like, hey, I'm trying to figure out my career. I don't know what I want to do with my life. Or I hate my job. What do I do next? Zoom out. Ask yourself, how do you want to feel? The common answers I hear amongst almost every human being, they want to feel happy. They want financial freedom and they want to feel fulfilled. Those are the three things that I hear over and over and over again. And when you get attached to that, instead of these specific, like these plates have to work because that was my product or this app has to work. You allow yourself to go through those divine redirections to bring you to where you're meant to be. And that's really powerful. The other types of lessons that I find are more so conditioning. So the metaphor that I like to use is the mountain. So at the top of the mountain is your big dream. So for me, I might say, I want to have a million dollar business. And that's at the top of the mountain, right? I tell the universe, I'm like, universe, please bring me this million dollar business. I'm writing it in my journal. Thank you for my million dollar company. I'm doing all these things, right? And I'm like, I got this. I'm manifesting this, right? It's all going my way. So I start working towards it. And then what happens is all of a sudden things go the opposite way. Things are totally not working. Like everything is going wrong. It's it's so hard. And imagine that I was starting to climb this mountain and all of a sudden it was a ditch. I'm now in the valley. It went down. It went down even further than I started. So it feels like I went backwards, right? And in this valley, there's all these ups and downs and ups and downs and ups and downs. So I might feel like I started to go a little bit. And then I went down and then I went up a little bit and then I went down again. And so now I'm frustrated. I'm in my journaling session. I'm like, universe, why are you doing this to me? Why isn't this working? Right. And this is obviously not real. This is obviously a metaphor. The universe comes down. God comes down, whatever you believe and says, Jacqueline, this is what you asked for. You said you want this million dollar company and that's at the top of the mountain. But I looked at you and I realized that your legs, they aren't strong enough to climb the mountain. So I gave you all these ups and downs to strengthen your legs so that you can actually climb the mountain. Otherwise, you're never going to make it. You're going to fall short. You're not going to be able to get to the top. And so the strengthening of the legs is all of these kind of business lessons or mindset lessons, right? So for example, you might have to let go of your fear of failure. You might have to let go of your fear of success. Believe it or not, that's a really popular one that I see a lot. People don't even realize it. You're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. So those are some of the mindset ones. Some of the more tactical, strategic ones might be figuring out um, your business model, what price you're going to charge. Um, you know, some things that I feel like I did wrong uh, really were, were just not, not knowing how to do the things in my business. 
and, and just thinking that like it would solve it by getting someone else to do it for me. And sometimes that does work. But for example, with my app, I couldn't read the code. And so I didn't know the code was bad. Right. And so that was like a lesson for me. Like you should at least have some consensus of, I could figure this out if it's so important, if your business needs this thing to run. So for me, it's like, I can create graphics. They might not be good. Right. But I at least know if my team, I don't want to say anything bad about them. I don't want to have any bad karma or anything. If they're all, if they're all sick with just a little cold and they're going to be fine, but they can't work a day. And we have something really important and we need a graphic done. I can make the graphic. It might not be good. I'm going to use Canva. It'll be very basic template, but I can do it. Right. And so that was one thing, for example, a tangible lesson that I learned that I have applied to my business today. And so there have been a lot of those lessons too. I think a lot more of the lessons for me were mindset based and um, learning how to trust myself, learning how to trust like what I wanted to create, I was meant to. Um, and what I felt pulled to, I, I could trust that. It meant I was going in the right direction. I didn't have to just do it the same way everyone else was doing it. I really could pave my own path. Um, and so I built a lot of self-trust when I was in that valley and figured out the business model I want to have. And on the outside, it might look similar to other people. But I would say the way that I run my business um, is pretty unique. And um, it just resonates with me. And it's right for me. It's the same thing we we're talking about with the morning routine. So to summarize, uh, you're going to have redirection. You're going to have failures. They're going to be lessons. You're going to find yourself in the valley. But the difference is when you can see it as something that's an inevitable part of the process at every level, meaning now I'm growing my business multiple six figures. I'm in more valleys. There may be higher up valleys, but I'm still in the valley. I still have lessons, right, that I now have to conquer, that I now have to learn, mindset blocks that I now have to work through. So every step of the way, we have challenges. Something that I love, Brooke Castillo, the founder of the Life Coach School says, is life is 50-50, no matter how successful you are. And that's really powerful because I know when I first started achieving my goals in business, when I hit six figures, I thought that all of a sudden I would be happy or that everything would feel easy. But that was just this um, sort of uh, illusion that I placed in this goal. The truth was I could have been happy the whole time and I could have allowed it to be easy and made it easier the whole time, but I did it. And so now I choose to live my life in a way where I know it's 50-50. So that being said, I choose to be all these things now. I'm aware that challenges are gonna come. They don't scare me. I just embrace them. I welcome them. I ask myself, what are the lessons, right? And so that's the way I would recommend approaching business and approaching the challenges you might face. No, that's really, really all great advice. And just to kind of cap that off as well with a uh, um, a quote from Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind, which is one of my recent favorite books. And that quote is, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities, but in the expert's mind, there are few. And if you really think about that from the perspective that you were talking about, if you constantly just look at things as a learning experience and every valley and challenge that you face as an opportunity to grow and learn, regardless of the mistake or the setback or how bad it is in the moment, and it's okay for you to embrace and have whatever emotions you're going to have about it. That's fine. But then at some point you have to let go of it and shut that voice off and say, 
it is what it is. And now I got to learn from and deal with it. And those things apply to even the positive experiences that we have, right? If you're hitting home runs or grand slams and you're going, man, the bat is just clicking. And then when something goes wrong, you weren't paying attention to what you were doing right. It's hard to course correct and to figure out what that muscle memory was. So it's in part to use it dualistically in both good and bad moments. But I love how you term it as redirections. It's a lot more approachable and palatable that way. And it beats you up less a little bit, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It makes you feel good about it. It's like, oh, this is good. This is happening in my favor. This is serving me. I'm getting closer to what I'm meant to do versus I'm a total failure. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars and nobody wants any of these things I've created and I should just give up, right? It's a totally different energy. Yeah, and I I love also, we had talked about this on our original intro call before this podcast, but I love how you've faced your failures as, okay, yeah, I probably should have known at least a little bit about the code. You don't need to be an expert but you really should have at least some knowledge of what's going on so that you can steer the ship, so to speak, right? Um, and yeah, it's it's such a, a great and humbling lesson to learn to understand, you know, okay, I really should have known more about these little elements of the business and that would have helped it to at least stay afloat or, or in the right direction, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's funny because that's something you can apply at every level. Cause as your company gets so big, right. it's like, sometimes I feel so removed from, you know, something that someone on my team is doing. And it's like, you gotta be in the trenches and know what's going on and have an awareness. And obviously delegating is the key to scaling, yeah. but it's funny how the lesson can be applied in the very beginning and then so much later again. Yeah. And the mountain analogy is also super cool because that's such an important thing is to look at sort of the horizon and what your goals are and where you want to end up that life that you want to attach yourself to the life that you want and then sort of tracing it back and saying okay where do i start what's the step up this mountain now and then knowing that along the way you're going to need a sherpa you're going to need a mentor you're going to need to strengthen your legs along the way it's not going to be easy the whole way up and if that's what you're looking for There are plenty of nine to five jobs out there that are super predictable, maybe not super secure, but super predictable, false security in my opinion. But that's, you know, for some people, that's a good fit as well. So awesome. Well, Jacqueline, thank you so much for joining us. This was an amazing and so powerful episode, in my opinion, I think and hope that a lot of people that are listening to this are going to get a lot out of this. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so grateful to be able to be here and share my experiences to help the listeners. How can people reach out to you if they want to get in contact with you, either for your coaching services or to take one of your online courses or to check out your awesome best-selling books? Yeah, you can check out my website, JacquelineDiGregorio.com. The best way to find me and talk to me, uh, Instagram, my name is at JacquelineDiGregorio. You can message me. I'm on there a lot. So I will definitely get back to you quickly. Um, And I have a podcast, if you like podcasts, called Spark Your Light. Awesome. Jacqueline, thanks so much. We'll drop a link in the show notes to all of that information. So if anybody wants to reach out to Jacqueline, go to the show notes. The info will be there. Thanks, Jackie. Have a good one. 